Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I am a black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversations with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, you all are walking with me, and I am walking with you as this is the first rendition of Tim Talks. Yes, I said it, Tim Talks. So before we begin, I want to take you through, uh, I'll take you to one of my, my biggest pet peeves, which is when people, whether they're spelling their name or, you know, sounding out a T on a call with, you know, customer service, but people always say T as in Tom. And for me, I get offended, right? Like I'm a Timothy, uh, Tim for short. But it's always T is in Tom. It's never T is in Timothy, T is in Timmy, T is in Tim. And for the longest, that has frustrated me. Um, taking it a step further, uh, for those who are old enough to remember our friend Tom from MySpace, Tom from MySpace got a lot of love, right? Like whether you had, you know, your top four, your top eight, your top two, however petty you were back, um, you know, in the good old days, I guess. Uh, but Tom got a love from got a lot of love from MySpace. Um, TED Talks is globally recognized. And for the longest, I was like, who the hell is TED? Um, and it wasn't until doing research for uh, this Tim Talks episode that I realized TED is not a human or, or, or a real person for that matter. Um, but in fact, TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design, um, which again, I did not know that. If y'all knew that before this episode, uh, shame on y'all for not letting me know. But from my research on TED Talks, uh, after all of the frustration of dealing with Tom, not just from MySpace, but also those of y'all who continue to use Tom to spell your name with a T, um, I realized that now is the time for all the Timothys across the world to shine. So here we are. Tim Talks episodes are an opportunity for your host, that's me, TFB, to speak on pressing topics, current events, and passionate ideas. There will also be opportunities for our Walk With Tia Be Listening community to submit topics for discussion, whether that's trending topics within your own lives and or, you know, Throwback Thursday to old school Q&A. As I said earlier, I deliberately and intentionally want this podcast to be a place that is both co-constructed and community driven. And I hope that these Tim Talks will provide another opportunity for us to do so. During today's Tim Talks episode, I want to highlight three unique areas. Uh, first and foremost, I want to recap launch week, which still cannot believe that I launched my first uh, full episode just seven days ago. Uh, it feels like it's been two weeks, um, given everything else going on in the world right now. Uh, but I want to relaunch, or recap, excuse me, my, my launch week. Uh, number two, I want to talk about what it means to be black in sport. And then last but not least, I'll discuss... Um, some adaptations to what, what the podcast, what the Walk With TV podcast will look like moving forward. So without further ado, let's jump straight into recapping launch week. So first and foremost, I have to say uh, thank you a, a million times over uh, to everyone who tapped in and listened to the podcast, um, to everyone who liked, whether it's the post or um, you know provided a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, to everyone who shared the podcast, not just on their social media, uh, but also, you know, privately with their friends, their community, uh, their family. Um, 
the support that I have received since launching that first episode with Pashi on last Tuesday has truly been overwhelming. Um, when I first thought about launching a podcast, um, did not think that uh, this many, uh, if really anyone will listen to what I had to say or what uh, my guests would have to, to share as far as their stories and their gifts that have helped make them successful. Uh, but what I've truly learned from this first episode is that this is truly a community. That is truly a community in which, um, as I mentioned before, it's co-constructed um, and it's driven by uh, the village that uh, it takes to, to really accomplish all of the work that we want to see happen, um, not just in our lifetimes, but in the lifetimes of our, of our children and our, and our children's children. And so, again, I just want to say thank you to every single person who, who has taken the time to listen uh, to Pachi's story to this point, but has continued to, uh, to commit to listening to future episodes that will feature so many more unique stories um, that share and really sit in the place of education, sport, and culture. Um, and so for that, again, thank you so much. Secondly, um, when thinking about launch week, one of the biggest uh, pieces of feedback was, again, really just hearing more about Pashi's story, which reminded me of the, of the power of storytelling. Uh, storytelling uh, you know, has, a, has a rich history uh, and one that I won't go in, uh, in depth in on this episode. Uh, but I believe what we learn from Pashi's story, uh, whether that's her motherhood experience or motherhood, you know, current experience, lived experience, uh, whether that's, you know, her, her beliefs, her perspectives on health equity, um, her, her brief stint as a college athlete, to which I'm still surprised I did not know at the time. Um, but the biggest takeaway that, you know, people seem to share, particularly on Instagram and Twitter, uh, was this phrase, non-optical allyship. For me, this is the first time I heard that phrase. Uh, but I think it truly um, made so much sense in, in regards to not just what we're seeing with the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, and I saw a tweet earlier today that talked about how um, the week of June 1st, right, like last week was not a Black Lives Matter uh, spirit week, which was, uh, of course, it was funny, but it's super true. Uh, I think many people, just whether they decided to post that Black Square or retweet or like a couple of tweets and just say, all right, I'm cool with this shit now. Like, let's move on uh, and get back to quote unquote normal. Um, Pashi really pointed out um, a unique and a, and a really a tangible area in which non-blacks can really be um, a support uh, and, and allies and sponsors and spaces in which you know we, we don't sit as black people. As we continue to think about non-optical allyship, I strongly encourage us um, to, you know, obviously, you know, use Google. Google is free and learn more about different resources that are out there to support. Um, not just black people, but other people with underrepresented and minoritized identities, um, but really sit in this uncomfortable space about how you know, we really, well, we, y'all have really have been um, optical allies over the last um, decade um, in particular, and really consider how we can move past that to create tangible and meaningful change, to create equitable, inclusive, safe, and socially just environments uh, for black people to, to really just breathe, right? To breathe, to live. Uh, and to be successful uh, as they meet their and continue to pursue their evolving um, career and personal goals. As I think back and, and recap and reflect on what this past week has truly been, uh, I would be remiss to, to not tell you all that this episode or that episode of Pashi um, almost never happened. Uh, I distinctly remember as I was gearing up to, to have my launch week, um, I had several episodes planned. I'm like, all right, I'm going to post this one on Tuesday, this one on Wednesday, this one on Thursday. Um, and the Tuesday prior um, is when uh, I found out, the world found out, and, and saw 
um, George Floyd be murdered uh, by the Minneapolis uh, Police Department and law enforcement. And at that moment in time, to be honest with y'all, I was super pissed, uh, extremely and emotionally drained. Um, again, this is not nothing new. And I think people that continue to say, oh, our, our current moment, our current time in history, like, no, like this shit has been going on uh, for far too long, way too long, to, to be honest. And I was not going to say anything because I was super tired um, of continuing to have to justify why Black Lives Matter or feel like I had to justify why Black Lives Matter um, to continue talking about race and racism, which is a, a daily experience um, in my lives, in my life, in the lives of many other and all other black people. But it was not until um, my aunt, Aunt Didi, um, had tagged me in something on Twitter. Um, it was a, uh, a tweet. Of course, it was a tweet, but it was an article that she that someone had tweeted um, regarding the murder of George Floyd. Um, and, as I, and as I was promoting my podcast, she said, simply said, like, yo, like, let's talk about this. Um, and it was that moment that I realized that um, not just not just do I have a platform with the Walk With TAB podcast, um, but have a responsibility, a God-given responsibility uh, to speak up for those who have been silenced, those who continue to be silenced, those who uh, are murdered and were murdered. Um, and that's something that uh, I did not think I took lightly before. Uh, and I think there was an opportunity for me to not cop out, but to be comfortable you know, stepping out of the conversation, uh, whether it's to, you know, protect or, um, you know, uphold my my mental health and my peace. But, but what I realized that the reaction of this episode was that, like, I need to talk about it. Not only is it therapeutic for me, but it also provides an opportunity for us to educate each other on how we can best support each other in this village, in this circle, to create meaningful and systemic change. And so I'm super thankful that Didi had tweeted me on that day because that podcast would not have happened. Um, again, not because I did not care, but because um, I was um, really being selfish and, and trying to protect my own self. Um, but what she did, when she when she mentioned me on Twitter, was truly um, was telling me essentially, "Yo, I believe in you. Um, I believe that you can talk about this in a way um, that many other people would relate to. Um, I believe that you would connect with someone in Pashi um, who would share her own experiences and, and wisdom that I I currently did not I in the moment did not hold, um, but what but what she could share with the world um, through her own personal experiences and her story. And so I want to say again, thank you, Aunt Didi, for encouraging me through that uh, what seemed like meaningless tweet. Uh, because again, this podcast, or at least that episode, would not have happened without your support, without your support, and without your sponsorship. So the next topic I want to focus on is what it means to be black in sport. And to be completely transparent with y'all, uh, when I was planning my first Tim Talks episode. Um, this was not the topic uh, that I anticipated speaking about, uh, but as y'all know, last week uh, was Amplify Melanated Voices Week, and last Tuesday in particular was Blackout Tuesday, hashtag Blackout Tuesday, uh, where many people posted uh, a black square on their Instagram page, maybe on Twitter as well. I'm um, again thinking about optical allyship. That was a prime opportunity for optical allyship, but we want to focus deeper on non-optical allyship. Um, shout out to Pashi again. Um, but on this day, on Blackout Tuesday in particular, everyone across the world um, was amplifying melanated voices, amplifying black voices, black podcasts, black influencers, black businesses. Um, and on Tuesday around 845, I had just been denied access um, to this grocery store because there's curfew up here in Ohio. That's another story from another day. Um, and so as I got back in my car. And began scrolling on Twitter to pass time. 
I saw that the Young Professional Sports Chat, YP Sports Chat, was still hosting their regularly scheduled Twitter chat um, at its normal time. And I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, there's no way on God's green earth that they're continuing to host their podcast at its regularly scheduled time. And if so, like, you, you, you have to be talking about, you know, um, race, sport, or justice, you, and or justice. So you have to be discussing that. Um, so I sat on the Twitter chat, didn't say shit. Uh, well, I did say some shit, but um, it's not relevant right now. And after the entire hour, and I remember the, the first bonus question was like, like, what's your favorite holiday or what's your favorite summertime activity? Um, and Christia uh, down at Louisville and Sherrod, you know, down in Texas, um, down in Texas, were also observing the Twitter chat as well. And they had both made comments. Like Christia was like, yo, like, Y'all had an opportunity to help educate and equip, you know, young professionals to be, um, you know, uh, credible, values congruent, moral leaders uh, uh, as, you know, future college sport professionals. Um, you know, Sherrod had mentioned the fact that, like, yo, like, y'all had an opportunity today, a missed moment, if you will. Um, and he looks forward, uh, he looked at, he was looking forward to uh, y sport, YP Sports Chat to having this conversation on on next week. Uh, and I, I was scrolling on Twitter when he had posted that shit, and I was like, "Yo, you know what? The time is now. Like, this is the moment." Um, and it was indicative for me, and it was important for me to host this Twitter chat on today, um, entitled "Black and Sport," in which we'll be discussing race, sport, and justice. Um, it was important for me to host this Twitter chat uh, for many different reasons, primarily because for the longest time, I personally have waited for white people to create both safe and brave spaces for black athletes, for black staff, for, for, for black coaches to feel safe, to feel included, to feel equal, to feel heard. And so I said, fuck it, yo, like I'm creating my own shit. Um, it's going to be on next Tuesday, uh, which is June 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to talk about what it means to be black in sport. And this topic is in particular is, is super important to me because not just as a student athlete, right? Like not just as um, a former athletic training student, um, not just as someone who had a, another brief stint working in academics that definitely was not for me as well, but uniquely in my current role at the University of Maryland, um, I have dealt with, um, I call it peppered racism, right? Like peppered micro and macro aggressions um, that have truly had a profound impact on my experience in College Park over the last year and a half. So tell us a story, Tim. Well, here's a story. So there have been several times um, in my own building in which I work, the Xfinity Center, in which athletic department staff members that I work with, le legitimately work with, have asked me, am I a student athlete? <laughs> Particularly on the men's basketball or football team. Uh, of course, I say no. Then the next question, oh, like, well, what events do you run in track? You run track? No, don't run track. Well, what do you coach? Well, I coach internships in, in uh, you know, in graduate and professional school preparation. If that's what you're asking me, and I'm like, I, 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 I just don't. I still don't know. I still don't know. I'm not gonna. In the words of my grandma, uh, sometimes you have to fight uh, stupidity by being stupid. Uh, and right now, I can't even dumb myself down to just to being stupid to address um, such bullshit. To be uh, completely frank. But then walking my happy black ass across campus, um, sitting in meetings in STEM, sitting in meetings in the, the health center you know, with, with my student affairs colleagues, 
Of course, I mentioned my name is Timothy Bryson, um, representing athletics on this on this meeting or on this committee. And the first question, oh, like, what do you coach? Oh, what position group do you coach? Uh, again, focusing on football. I'm not a coach. I work in uh, career development. Okay, well, you know, like, what's our what's our basketball team going to do this year? Like, like what the like what? We here to talk about sexual assault prevention? You ask me about the the damn basketball team? Um, it, I, it's just those moments that um, that re- reiterate uh, and just further emphasize that we have a lot of work to do, not just in athletics, but across the institution as a whole. Um, but furthermore, I've realized that even like whatever, if I'm in a meeting in student affairs and people are focused, hyper focused on the basketball team, whatever, so be it. I, I, that's that's when I can eat and can take. But to be in my own department, uh, one in which similar to other athletic departments across the country, you know, they're super, you know, super focused on being one community, super focused on being one family. You know, we hear that within sports programs as well. Um, you can't be one family. You can't boast this one family, one community, one insert, whatever, uh, without bringing attention to um, the diversity within that family or that community. And in particular, I didn't have the language to, to really speak this until I um, was watching a, a sermon this past weekend um, that Stephen Furtick down at Elevation Church um, had hosted. Um, but he was talking about the diversity within his church. And in particular, he said that if he celebrates the diversity within his church or within his congregation without addressing the disparities within his congregation, then it's hypocrisy. And that was extremely poignant for me, but also relevant for college sport because there is there's extreme diversity within you know college athletics, the extreme diversity within um, you know higher education, and I'm not just talking race. I'm talking across all social identities, but in particular right now, right um, hashtag Black Lives Matter uh, movement, if you will. We can't be one family, right? We can't boast. Athletic departments can't boast about the diversity within you know their unit or their staff if you aren't willing to address the disparities that have um, you know colossal impacts on your black staff members. And and to me, that's hypocritical. And so what I've learned is that it, it becomes a, a dangerous practice to say that we're one family, right, within our athletics programs, because you're even having student athletes now who are afraid to speak up and speak out about, you know, um, social injustice because of fear of retaliation from their coach. It, it becomes dangerous for me to, to, to hear that we're one family or one community from athletic departments or even from institutions, right, when... Um, when in reality, it it erases um, the diversity within those unique communities, which allows senior leadership in particular to skate by without addressing head on what needs to be addressed. And so, thinking about how it it correlates to you know my, not just my daily experience working in athletics, but also um, my my you know week to week, my month to month. Um, I've come to understand, particularly over this last two weeks, that being black um, has really um, <sighs> placed more work on my plate. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we hear this phrase in, in sports in particular, and really higher education about, you know, other duties as a sign, right? Like that might be not making name tags. That might be just printing, like just just, just dumb shit out for different programs, but in this case, other duties as a sign has been this burden placed on black staff members or black student athletes to close the gap, right? To be problem solvers, to be troubleshooters. And what I'm here to say on this podcast episode of this, you know, this Tim Talks, if you will, 
is that being black is not another duty as assigned. Being black is not another duty as assigned. Because for the last two weeks, not just at my current place of employment, but also many other places of employment in which I have uh, colleagues um, in many different um, you know, ranks, whether Division One, Two, Three, across all different conferences, black staff members are being overburdened with the work that should be community work, especially if we are boasting and portraying and emphasizing that we're one community uh, or one team, um, both internally and externally. And what I've learned is that, you know, being black, being a black staff member, at least right now, because, you know, being a graduate student is a little bit different, but being a black full-time staff member right now um, has really resulted in additional work being placed on myself um, and other black staff members to ensure that black students in particular feel comfortable and feel safe. And as a result, I've learned just through, through reflection um, that for far too long, even dating back to my time in South Carolina, um, I had set myself on fire to keep my colleagues and my peers warm. You know, furthermore, I was keeping them warm enough to, uh, to the point that they felt comfortable and became complacent. Um, and they were not being held accountable for doing their work, both, as in, both individually, but also collectively. I was setting myself on fire when I did not address head on the micro and macro regressions that I experienced literally while at work in my building, like on my floor. And so I'm here to tell you that, you know, at, at this point, I'm not dealing with this shit no more. Um, I've gotten to the point I'm tired. Like many other black people were tired, um, sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you will. And I'm now to the point that I am addressing I'm, and I am no longer allowing um whiteness, uh, white privilege to um, have this real or perceived effect on me being silent, um, have this real or perceived effect on me not speaking up, um, have this real or perceived effect of, you know, people, white people not being held accountable for the things that, um, you know, they should be held accountable for, i.e. creating safe and inclusive environments, safe, inclusive and socially just environments um, uh, for black people. And I've had enough, right? Like I, I've turned the corner and and am looking to uh, redirect my energy to both strategy and action. Last week, I think was the last opportunity for leadership. And I say leadership in a very broad, uh, broad stroke on purpose. Um, but last week was the last week for anyone to post a statement, right? Like at this point, if you didn't post a statement during the week of June 1st, like your time is up. Like we, we I am focus, focusing strictly on action. I mean, I think that that takes me to my uh, my third area, my last area, which is what the podcast will look like moving forward. Got to give a shout out again to Taylor Wilson. Um, I feel like I'm always going to be shouting her out on this on this podcast, given the the frequency uh, in which we talk, but also the depth of our conversations. And in conversation with her, she mentioned that, like, you know, similar to myself, that she's looking and focusing on action. Um, but also understanding that, that that this Black Lives Matter movement is a marathon and not a sprint. And we've seen that, we've known that, you know, just due to other um, protests um, because of other, the countless others, uh, who countless others who have been unarmed, who have been black, who have been killed by law enforcement, who have been killed by white people, who have been killed by uh, the police. And so... I'm here to share that the podcast moving forward is going to look 
um, a little bit different um, than what I had expressed a couple weeks ago, uh, really prior to the murder of George Floyd. Uh, I understand that this is a this is an unprecedented time uh, for many reasons. Um, of course, we're dealing with um, COVID-19, which honestly I forgot about um, given uh, the recent murders of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, but it's also an opportunity for me to pivot and truly address um, these systemic inequities, uh, to pivot and truly address um, these racist systems that still you know, uh, run true and run rampant um, in all aspects of life, not just the police force, that run rampant in our education system, that run rampant in our you know college sports system, in our professional sports arenas, um, in healthcare, uh, in our uh, in the housing market. And so moving forward, um, I'm going to focus our conversation on this podcast on how we can be action oriented, how we can best support each other uh, in our roles. Um, really leaning into each other's stories that I'll be sharing over the next several weeks and, and learning more about not just what um, these guests have gone through, um, given their um, unique experiences across the country, um, but also like what are the gifts uh, in which we need to best support them um, as it's going to take a village to, to overturn um, systemic racism. We know obviously systemic is not going to happen overnight. As I mentioned on the last episode, um, it's, it's going to take, it has to take the activation of white privilege to truly change and shift uh, what happens moving forward. And so um, our conversations on this podcast over the next several weeks are going to talk about black joy. Um, we're going to talk about the diversity within the craft beer industry, which is, again, as y'all know, something that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about black mentorship. And I hope that you all will join me um, and join us on this walk as we continue to discuss these topics because um, I truly do believe that it takes a village. Um, it takes a circle, a strong circle, a committed circle um, to see uh, meaningful, to see systemic, and to see sustainable change. So the episode release over the next several weeks, um, there'll be one episode dropping on Thursday, July, Thursday, June 11th. There will be episodes dropping on Tuesday, June 16th, Tuesday, June 23rd. And Tuesday, June 30th, so every Tuesday in the month of June. And right before we enter into the holiday weekend, um, there will be an episode dropping on Thursday, July 2nd. Again, I don't I won't be celebrating that holiday, but uh, given I'll have that, that Friday off, um, as as it'll be observed uh, by my place of employment, um, I'm excited to drop that episode to give us uh, some time to catch up on um, the several episodes that will be uh, released over the next several weeks. If you have not already, make sure that you're following Walk With TFB on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, additionally, make sure that you follow and subscribe to Walk With TFB on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you are using Apple Podcasts, make sure that you give us five stars, but only if you mean it. And if you have some time, you know, go ahead and leave a, uh, leave a comment, leave a review. Um, not just for myself, but for future podcast listeners who want to learn more about like what the Walk with TV Walk with TV podcast is about. Um, again, I am super grateful um, to be in a position to have a platform where we can have unfiltered um, conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Um, and I truly hope that you all continue to walk with me along this journey um, as we, you know, continue to create and pursue um, and sustain safe, inclusive, and socially just environments for black people. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for everyone who has liked, followed, shared, um, 
anything Walk With Tia be related over the last uh, several weeks. I can't wait for the next uh, episode to drop uh, in just a couple days. But until then, walk with me.